What's going on, everyone? Hello, hello. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of This Realm of Existence podcast. Our purpose is to encourage you to go after all of your goals and dreams and to live your best life in this realm of existence. My name is Sharon W. and I am your host. So today, I want to start off with the question. Do you think that how long you date before getting married dictates your chances of getting a divorce later on? In other words, do you believe that if you look at the pattern of divorces, that you will see a correlation in how long they dated their now ex prior to marriage to see if that determined uh, or played a role in their eventual divorce? I'm curious because I actually posed this question on my TikTok page and the answers, of course, varied, by the way. Be sure to follow me on TikTok at Esquire underscore AKA. The title of my TikTok page is This Realm of Existence. So in that question, uh, most people, they commented and most of the answers said it depends on the people involved. Others said they really didn't see a correlation between the two. I mean, if you're going to get a divorce, it's going to happen anyway. And then another said that we are too diverse to fit within, quote, dating guidelines. So that leads me to this discussion today. Now, society often dictates, or at least tries to dictate, that there are certain rules for relationships. We've all heard things like, oh, you should do A and not do B, or you should do Y, or you should do Z, but you should not do X. You know, everyone has something to say about what you should and shouldn't do. They say things like, you need to be together for this number of years before moving on to that. Yeah, I sighed as well. Listen, stop telling people how to run their relationship. Their relationship is their own and only the people involved in that relationship really get to dictate and determine what happens in their relationship. Only they can determine what is the appropriate amount of time to really do anything before going to the next level, whatever that level means for them. As long as they're not harming or hurting anyone, they really should be the ones making the rules in their relationship. So if you were to go to my webpage, you'll see in my uh, blog tab, I have a blog post entitled, What's Your Style? And in that article, I asked, who or what determines what is stylish or fashionable? Is it based on what society dictates is the latest trend that's centered on what the, you know, celebrity of the moment wore to the Oscars or the Grammys? And I said that we cannot be so arrogant and narrow minded to believe that there's really just only one way to be stylish or fashionable. So again, go ahead and check out that that article. Um, it's again on my website. That's realmofexistence.com and it's under the blog tab and it's entitled What's Your Style? And also be sure to check out podcast episode number two on the podcast tab entitled Being Authentically You. So similar to fashion, we cannot be so egotistical to believe that all relationships should follow a specific pattern or a specific set of rules or really that there's only one way to be in a relationship. Too often we let society dictate so many aspects of our life, you know, really to our detriment, including our relationships. And that really must stop. We are a free thinking spiritual beings having a human experience and we need to learn to think for ourselves. Where did it come from that we look at anything as taboo that goes beyond the norm of what society dictates should occur or 
how society dictates that things should be. We tend to look at anything that society tells us as being the golden rule. But where did these so-called rules come from? If you meet someone, right, and it feels right to both of you, I say go for it. Society tries to dictate, you know, what would be considered, let's say, an, an appropriate length of time to date someone before doing this or that. I've heard people say that you should date someone for at least one year before getting engaged. And then once you're engaged, you know, they say you should stay engaged for at least another year before getting married. So ultimately, they are saying that you need to be together at least two years with this person before getting married. But here's my question. Who told them that? Who dictated that two years would be this so-called magical minimum number or even one year or even three years? I know people that have been together for many years, getting to know one another, learning about one another, only to get married and get a divorce after a year or two. I also know people who were the exact opposite. They dated for only a few weeks or even a few months before getting married, and they have been together for 20 plus years. They just knew that they found their person when they met. And of course, people looked at them like they were crazy. You know, they likely tried to talk them out of it. I'm sure they heard things like, are you serious? That's crazy. You just met him or you just met her. Listen, don't get me wrong. Divorce can happen to anyone regardless of the amount of time that they've been together prior to getting married. So that said, I'm, I'm in no way alleging that, you know, just because you've been together a certain amount of time or that you haven't been, that your chances of divorce are higher or lower. That would really involve the studying um, of the psychology of marriage and divorce, as well as researching those numbers, which, let's be honest, that is way beyond my expertise, <laughs> like way beyond. But it would be interesting really just to see such a study, if one does in fact exist, on the question of uh, whether or not how long you date prior to marriage really dictates your chances of getting divorced later on. Now, some people, including myself, also believe in love at first sight, and many people do not. But let's talk about that term for a moment, love at first sight. Now, most people, they'll look at a person sideways when they say that it was love at first sight, you know, when they're talking about the man or the woman that they're dating and how they just fell in love with them from the moment they met, how they just know that they are the one and so forth. You know, they'll hear things like, you what? You love them. You don't even know them. You know, then you'll try to explain that, you know, although you just met this person physically, you feel that you've known him or her forever. And they just really just continue to give you the side eye, don't they? They just look at you like you've lost your mind. But just as I believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, I also believe in souls and reincarnation as well as soulmates. And I do believe that you can meet someone and there's just something about that person really that your spirit recognizes and their spirit recognizes too. You may have even been together in previous lifetimes. It may have been many lifetimes between then and this current reincarnation. So while you may not recognize their physical avatar, that physical human earthly form that they're in now, your souls connect because that's your soulmate and it's your souls that recognize one another. You just reincarnated into a different body in this lifetime and only you and this person can define your relationship and what is appropriate for your relationship. 
Sometimes, like I said, you just meet people and you just click with them, whether it be romantic or platonic. Have you ever met someone and although you may have, you know, a physical attraction, of course, to their human avatar, you think they're beautiful or handsome, they have smooth skin and so on. Once you start talking to them, you just really feel drawn in like you've known them for a lifetime and you could you could only be talking for 10 minutes, but it feels like you've been talking for hours. The conversation just flows organically and it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel fake. And you just want more and more. The conversation isn't robotic. It doesn't have a barrage of questions, you know, as if you're in an interrogation room. The natural flow of that conversation really answers all the questions that you had anyway. Each sentence really just flows smooth as butter, right? And doesn't miss a beat. Now, I completely understand, however, family and friends just being worried, right? They will say that they're just worried about us under the guise of them looking out for us. Again, based on the dictations of society that you really don't know someone until you've been with them for a certain amount of time or, you know, the old adage that you really don't know someone until you've lived with them. So that said, I have no objections to letting someone know where you'll be on a, on a date, especially a first date, so that someone you know, uh, that you trust rather, knows your whereabouts, the name of the person you're going with, you know, etc. I I totally get that. Now, me personally, I always drive to a first date and it would behoove anyone, in my opinion, to always drive to your first date because let's face it, your intuition could be off. You know, it happens, which is why meditation and going within is very important. But personally, I never allow a date, especially a first date to pick me up. Really the first few dates, I'll say to pick me up from my house. You are not picking me up from my home because if for whatever reason my intuition is off and you decide to show your ass <laughs> I am not about to be stuck I mean okay in with today's technology of course I wouldn't be stuck I could always call Uber or, or Lyft or you know a cab etc but the point is I want to be able to just leave when I want to leave if I just choose to leave and I will leave you sitting there by yourself and not feel bad about it. So again, I understand, you know, family and friends kind of being concerned when they think you're moving too fast, you know, in their opinion, uh, based on the safety aspect of it. Because again, they're kind of looking at just the world we live in. So I, I get that. They're looking at the world we live in and they're like, well, wait a minute, you're, you're moving a little too fast. And so they may get a little nervous. So I get that. And I also understand when, when people say that you don't fully know someone until you've been with them for a little bit. Now, some people feel that you need to see someone in all of their seasons. You need to see them happy, sad, angry, frustrated, joyful, relaxed, annoyed, and stressed. Really just to see how they express all of these emotions and how they handle moments of distress. And I do believe that you want to just that you do want to see all of this and not just that one side, that lovey cutesy side, because when or if these other sides come out, you really don't want to be caught off guard or shocked. But what I do not agree with is society telling us that we have to do X in our relationship before moving to Y. And then we have to do Y staying there for a certain amount of time before then leveling up to Z. Where did that come from? Did it come from the government? Was it passed down from generation to generation? How many women and sometimes men have been in relationships where the other person became abusive years later? They may not have necessarily had any signs that this was going to happen 
Or, well, to play devil's advocate, maybe there were signs, but they chose to ignore those signs. I remember many, many years ago, I met a guy uh, from New York on a dating app. And while conversing on this app, I never felt weird. I didn't get any bad vibes. So we exchanged numbers. And then one evening, I remember we were on the phone and my stomach started aching seemingly out of nowhere. I was fine all day. But as soon as I started talking to him, my stomach literally started cramping. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, maybe it was something I ate earlier, you know, whatever. So I ended the call. I told him, you know, my stomach was feeling weird. And he said, okay, we'll get some rest. And he would call me the next day. So fast forward, he called me the next day to ask how I was feeling. And not even two minutes into that call, my stomach starts feeling weird again. And my head starts hurting this time too. Then it was like a light bulb went off. It just something, I just knew something wasn't right. But I wanted to just see how long I could stay on the phone with him, really just to see if my, my stomach would subside and, and if my head would, would feel a little better. But honestly, they only got worse. And the thing is, he did not say anything during our conversation that would be a red flag necessarily or anything that would cause me to like pump my brakes. So during this conversation, he asked me how my day was, how I was feeling, if I was feeling any better. You know, I lied, said I was feeling better, although not 100%. And in the meantime, as I'm talking to him, the pain in my stomach was just increasing and like cramping. And I'm like, what is going on? And then it happened. I suddenly heard a voice that said, get off of this phone and block him. Now in my mind, I'm thinking, well, why? What's going on? Because again, I didn't have any bad vibes, you know, that, that I felt in, you know, conversing with him or even when we were talking on the, the dating app site. And you know how we start questioning ourselves, questioning ourselves sometimes like, well, why do I need to stop doing that? So I still continued to talk to him on the phone and the voice got louder. Get off of the phone <laughs> and block him. So that time I listened, I said, okay, fine. So I told him I was, you know, sorry to cut the conversation short and I forgot, I forgot what I made up, but I told him I had to get off the phone. So he was like, oh, okay, well, give me a call tomorrow. Now here's the thing. He knew I was in Philly and he told me that he was coming to Philly in the next, I think it was like two to three weeks and suggested that we get together for dinner and drinks. Now I just told him that I'd let him know, although I already knew it wasn't happening because his voice was just getting louder and louder. Like what the hell get off the phone. <laughs> so I just said, oh, okay, well, I'll let you know. So I hung up and once again, I just kept hearing block him, block him. And so I did. I don't know what that was. I never questioned it, but I'm glad I stuck with that and went with my intuition and instinct because listen, your intuition could save your life. It will tell you things that get your attention. Your head might start hurting, your stomach, you feel nauseous, anxious, tingly, something. So rather than following what society dictates we need to really follow what we dictate for ourselves what is your inner voice telling you what is your intuition telling you do you feel safe in proceeding with this person pray on it ask your ancestors your spirit guides god the ultimate creator buddha angels whomever you talk to ask them to give you discernment Ask them for guidance. Ask them to show you if there is anything about this person that is a danger. Ask them to remove this person from your life that is there that may be meant to cause you harm. 
You're not asking that, you know, this person be hurt in any kind of way or that any kind of, you know, illness or whatever come upon them. You're just asking that they just be removed from your life. You're asking spirit or God, Buddha, your ancestors, angels, again, whoever you speak to. You're just asking them to just put something on this person's heart that makes them not want to talk to you anymore. (laughs) Right. They may not know why, but then all of a sudden they may just want to delete your number. They just may not want to talk to you anymore. That would be your answered prayer. Now, remember, however, when you ask for this, you have to be prepared for certain calls to stop. And at first you may feel some type of way like, well, okay, they just stopped calling me. But then in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, well, you know what? I did ask that anyone meant to cause me harm or anyone that doesn't have my highest good or interest at heart to be removed from my life. Now, when you ask for something like that, again, just be prepared because some of the people that will be removed may shock you and it can be upsetting, but it is what it is. So again, don't let society, family, friends dictate to you what you should or should not do in your relationship, how long you should do something in your relationship or the proper protocols and rules for your relationship. We let Again, society, religion, and everything outside of ourselves think for us. If we would only just tap into our minds, the inner workings of our minds, into our intuition, thereby strengthening it, we would be much better off. You and your partner make the rules for your relationship. As long as both of you are satisfied, happy, emotionally and mentally healthy, in agreement, comfortable with how your relationship is proceeding, And you're not harming anyone else? That is all that truly matters. Be the trendsetters in your own relationship, even if you two are the only participants in the trend. All right. So on that note, again, thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of This Realm of Existence podcast. Until next time, remember that you are a magical being who can achieve whatever you set out to achieve. So I need you to go live your best life in this realm of existence. And as always, I wish you peace, love, joy, and prosperity. Bye, guys.